535 heading south to Laredo. About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso. No luggage in the trunk, just me and Saki. Headed back down to Texas, now we serving these beans. Hello and welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection. Another quarantined edition. Oh, yay. <laughs> Just because we're under quarantine doesn't mean we don't have news going on in the NFL. What? What? It's raining tacos. Oh. Tacos? Tacos. In Chiefs Kingdom. Tacos. <laughs> so, Chiefs Kingdom just got a new piece in the offseason. Uh, Taco Charlton, uh, Cowboys Nation might be familiar with uh, who that is. Yeah, a total dud. Have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is just another one of uh, the Chiefs, you know, moves to see if they can't salvage someone's career who is a high potential guy, right? So, they did it last year with Emmanuel Ogba. You know, they've done it with Javaris Ward, who was another Cowboys faithful. Uh, And now they're going to try it with Taco. So, like, this is really low risk, a one-year deal. You got a guy who has a really quick first step. And actually, in a partial season with Miami, led that team in sacks. Yeah. You know, I wonder if he has, like, a huge attitude problem or something. That is exactly why Miami let him go. (laughs) That was sarcasm, obviously. Yeah, so like, you know, you welcome that into the locker room of a Super Bowl championship team and you get a little bit nervous, right? But when you have someone like the Honey Badger, Stone Cold Chris Jones, and Frank Clark leading your defensive locker room, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's not too much of a fear for for the kingdom. You know, I, I think it's something where like he'll either get the Stone Cold stunner on him and get checked real fast, or he'll go out of business like Taco Bueno. So it's one of those two things, you know? So Dang. It's not oh, a big risk. That Shots was so fired. savage. Ooh, Taco Bueno did not deserve that. They did it. They did it. But they had it's a really, really good bean burrito. Taco time. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been to a Mavs game, you definitely remember Steph Curry in the uh, little taco Mm-hmm. Taco Seth, you outfit. Mean? Yeah, Seth Curry in the little taco outfit going, it's taco, taco time. time. In yeah. the most unenthusiastic way ever. It's Taco Tom and Casey. Gosh, uh, I mean, I this is a really, answer. really low risk, high reward gamble right here. And it's honestly someone who could probably give you a spell, mm-hmm. maybe on obvious third down situations, get in there, yeah. get a sack. Because he does have a quick first step. He is fast to the quarterback. It's just he doesn't do anything else real well. And he also is a slight risk in the locker room, but... Mm-hmm. When you sign a guy like that, it's easy to cut. Yeah. In other Chiefs news, though, Dustin Colquitt. Yeah. What a shocker. Uh, still hurt by this. Damn. Still, still hurt by this. So Cowboys, like, pick him up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So it, it looks like it might be a retirement, but whenever a team says released and the player doesn't come out all the way and say, hey, I'm retired it definitely means that he could be open for other possibilities. Yeah, let's go. Come on, Dustin. Yeah, so like he joins his brother and his dad. Bring that leg to Dallas. (laughs) He joins his brother and his dad with a Super Bowl ring. So, you know, that family of punters all have Super Bowl rings. Dang, super Uh, legs. Yeah, right? Wait, so then it really makes sense if he came to Dallas. No. Because, you know, Cowboys 2021 (laughs) book it. Yeah, I mean, if a team needs him, it's definitely the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I mean, yeah, Chris Jones is not. Chris that Jones great. is not good. Cole Quit is always one of the top punters in the league. Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't get as many op, uh, opportunities as, as this past year with how great the offense was, he's always getting teams yeah. inside the twenty. You know, he's a, a secret weapon to have. When we when we first started uh, watching the Chiefs together, I would always tell you like, watch this punter. <laughs> yeah, and he's I'm so, like, why are you bragging about the punter? <laughs> it's all we had. It's all we had. Yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah, and you know, I'm going to miss, like, in our fantasy football league, we draft punters because I think it's hilarious. Like, they're such a wild card. You can get a solid, like, 10, 12 points from them. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's always we, a fight for Cole Quit. Yeah, you, we put we put stipulations on, like, extra points for inside the 10, inside mm-hmm. the 20, and, man, does he go off the board very fast. Like, we're drafting him before some other backup positions. Yeah, are, absolutely. But, uh, you know, let's continue to talk with uh, the Cowboys. Yeah. And, uh you guys got a redhead coming into town? We did. Mr. Andy Dalton. Former Horn Frog? Yeah. Interesting here. Might be conspiracy time. <laughs> I think we have a thing with like redheaded stepchildren. This is the redheaded theory. Okay. To go along with all the other theories that we've had on the yes, show. Yes. If anybody's keeping track, tally them up. Let me know. <laughs> I might sound like a crazy. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so we had Cooper Rush. We have Cooper Rush, redhead, backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's true for now. Um, you know, Jason Garrett, also backup quarterback, redhead, and we got rid of one, so we had to even it out. Uh-huh, you get Andy Dalton in there to replace the Jason Garrett, right? Now, why redheads? I have no idea. That's It's not the most solid conspiracy theory, but... I don't know. It works. But but there's definitely smoke there, right? Yeah. And where there's smoke, a fire is near. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about what the Andy Dalton move means. So I, I think it means two things, right? It, it means one, you know, your deal with Dak, it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. So they're not close yet. Huh. You think that? Yeah. So I, I, think, this is, I think this is more of an insurance policy into the season. So the Cowboys season can't be held hostage. Okay. You have a guy who... In a normal circumstance, you aren't going to worry about benching Dak to play. But in a season, in a situation where Dak might hold out and miss a couple of games, you aren't going to be lost. You can't. That's true. You can't throw Cooper Rush out there and expect to win. You know what I mean? That's true. But you throw Andy Dalton out there, you go, okay, it's yeah, a proven, you got a veteran. Yeah, it's a proven winner. It's a Nick Foles move, right? It's a guy who can win you games, save the season until your starter comes back, and yeah. that's what I think's going on right here. I. I halfway think that, but I also think that, hey, we just wanted a solid backup quarterback. Like, injuries happen. But this is the first time they've done that since, like, but what, we have Kyle a, Orton and yeah, but, Romo? But look, we have, like, a whole... It's a, it's a different feel now. We've got Mike McCarthy, you know, we have a new head coach after, what, 10-something years? Yeah. Yeah, so things are going to change. So do you think if Dak was signed, they'd still make this move? Maybe. Because I think... It might be a little bit of an insurance policy, but I don't think that Dak needs to worry about his job. I I don't think so either. I think if they sign Cam Newton, then Dak should be worrying about his job. But the fact that they went Dalton means like, hey, this July deadline, as far as like, you know, holding out or signing your tag, it's real. You know, we're not afraid to go into the season without you, but we still want you to be the guy. And I think that's what this move says to Dak. power. I get it. But if it was Cam Newton, then it's like... Yeah, then it's like, okay, well, that's cool. You want to be a diva. Yeah, we got Bye. the star. We got the marketer. We got the mm-hmm. guy. And I, I think part of the reason that, you know, not to go on a tangent, but that Cam Newton isn't signed yet. One, Cam Newton isn't ready to accept a backup role. Mm-hmm. He's still a starter. And then two is like, if healthy, he's a damn good quarterback. But since everybody's staying at home, since you can't come in yeah, contact... Yeah, you have no idea. Your team doctors can't visit, so yeah, you, you don't true. know if he is is healthy or not. He's also a little crazy. Well, so. I mean, that's perfect for Dallas. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Maybe we'll stop making those unorthodox moves. I don't know. Yeah. 
the criminals. <laughs> I mean, not that he's a criminal. He's a great guy, but he's just a little cray cray. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I think it was smart for them to lock up Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. get your solid backup. I do too. And that way your season isn't held hostage. And hey, I mean, if, you know, Dak happens to get injured, then we've got somebody that can come in that's great. And then you're back at the the Romo Prescott situation. Exactly. So yep. not a bad deal. Yeah, and when you have a guy who can play, it's much better than yeah. like when Romo went down before Dak was here and you were rolling out Castle and Brandon Whedon mm-hmm. and you had nothing of real substance behind it exactly. and the season was kind of lost right. there. Yeah, and you know, I think the Dak talk is going to be on pause for a little while. His brother just recently passed away, so I think they're giving him time to like kind of mourn and stuff Absolutely. like that. So, so let's go on to uh, Jerry talking about how he wants CD Lamb in number eighty-eight, and I think CD's uh, <laughs> officially going to be eighty-eight. What's up with uh, Jerry? Pretty much making CD go from ten to eighty-eight. Uh, you know, it's a good number for a receiver in Dallas. I mean, was it was that to shut it's down the whole Dez back to Dallas rumors? Or ah. was that just because they believe so much in CD and they have this whole marketing thing with all great Cowboy receivers wear 88? Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of both. But I, I definitely like the marketing thing. And I know some people are coming after Dez like, oh, he's going to be jealous. He's going to be this. I'm like, stop starting the pot. Just let him be. He hasn't said anything bad. He says, hey, let the kid make a legacy for himself. He's there for it. So I can appreciate that. So do you see Dez in the NFL or, or no? Not really. No, nah, I don't either. I, I think it's been too long now. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know what he's up to. I would love to see him on the field again, but I just don't see it happening. But maybe he can transition to like college coaching or something. I don't know. It'll be tough to see where Dez ends up if he ends up anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I don't see a team taking him. Uh, yeah, just, he. Part of it is he shot himself in the foot with all the like Twitter rampages he went on because now it's like, oh, if we get this guy, you know, he might be a PR nightmare. Yeah, and also it was like, hey, I don't want to play. I do want to play. You know, yeah, this was on my own terms. Oh no, I really want to be back. I'm working hard. I'm working out with Dak. Like, just very confusing. But maybe I. I don't know. He might come back as a coach. Who knows? Yeah, we'll have to see. I, I think he's done pretty well with his money, so he should be fine. But hopefully, yeah. You always like to see a guy get to leave on their own terms and yeah. not kind of yeah. forced out. But hey, is what it is. Um, speaking of a guy not getting to leave on their own terms and trying to fight back for his career, let's talk about Project 11. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Vince Carter, but then I, I realized where you were going. We can talk Vince a little bit later. But, okay, but yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because Vince still has a ch- chance if the season comes back. That's true. But but let's talk Project 11, the E60 on Alex Smith and, and the gruesome leg injury that he got in uh, Washington. So let's back up. November 18th was the day that he got injured. Okay, pretty gnarly. His foot went the or his leg went the way that it shouldn't have. Well, when he turned over yeah, and it just and flopped, it just flopped ooh, ooh. that was scary in its own but right. But okay, you're in your head you're like, "Okay, he broke his leg. No big deal." Then you hear reports of, "Hey, it's infected." Okay, cool. He's going to get the best of the best care. No big deal. Then you hear he's fighting for his life and you're like, "Wait, what?" What is going on here? Just crazy. Yeah. So like it, I mean, the flesh was basically eating away at itself. Yeah. Like, so don't give away too many spoilers. Yeah. I don't want to give away too many spoilers. But, but believe me, when you watch that, do not do it while you're eating or anything. You'll basically when he got hurt and broke his leg, it, it broke through the skin. So the exposure was there for anything from mm-hmm. the field, the jersey, anything to hospital. potentially infect it. Though you would think the hospital would yeah. have done the 
very best to, you know, make sure everything was clean yeah. and ready to go before surgery. I feel like there was a little bit of medical malpractice there. Yeah, especially, if that's just me, but we don't want to ruin it, but there was talk of him going home early, even though he had a fever and you're like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like all the warning signs are that's here. Crazy. But shout out to my friend for reminding me about that. Cindy, you're a real one. Yeah. And, and so like it, it shows you his kind of career and, and, and what he's gone through and his fight to come back to not only like one fight for his leg, fight for his life yeah. and fight for his ability to walk and then fight for like maybe a potential comeback, which yeah. we'll see. But like, which if he comes back, like if he can play at the NFL level again after such an injury, I will be amazed, like forever respect. I already love him, but like, that's that's a lot to know that you could, I mean, it, there's a titanium like rod in his leg, but anything can happen. The game is crazy. Like that's, that's crazy mental toughness. Yeah, and if you take out the beginning part of his career where he had to deal with coaches like mm-hmm. Mike Singletary who would drop trout in the middle of halftime and show his, his team his balls saying, y'all don't have any of this, and you start at like the Harbaugh era where he had a real coach, he's been a fantastic quarterback throughout his NFL career. So like, he's so good it, and it's a shame that he didn't because he was just on this constant ascent up. I mean, yeah. he took the worthless Washington Redskins from worst to first while he was there. Yeah. They were leading the division, which is crazy. And Dallas then as fans. soon as he he left, they went nosedive and ended up getting a number one pick in Haskins or a first round pick in Haskins. But like, it just shows you like how how well he is in the NFL and and how well his star or how big his star was rising. He was a late bloomer, but it, yeah. it's sad to see it. It just sucks but Highly yeah just to watch watching. his family going through that too like very very inspirational it's only 60 minutes I really could have seen it going for like at least two hours so I think they condensed that down it should have been a 30 for 30 yeah I think. It definitely should have been a th- well maybe if he is able to come back and do something yeah if he comes back that would be a great 30 for 30 I love that series so yeah even just, the nine for nines are good it, it's it's really it's a really good hour of your day, especially if you're at home not doing anything and, and really seeing how strong his wife was too mm-hmm. was tremendous. And like you hear about these athletes that always like once they're done, the wife's gone. And it was a really nice example of like the love they have between each other. And at no point did she give a shit about his football career. Yeah. She only cared about saving his life, which which was really kind of refreshing to see. Yeah. So definitely got that mama mentality for sure. Oh, Alex Smith definitely has the mama <laughs> yeah. mentality. Damn, Sp- speaking of the mama mentality, I, I don't want to do a, just, I want to wish Jacob from 1201 a happy birthday. It's his mamba year. Oh. So he better be living it up big time. One time for the birthday, bitch. <laughs> Two, <laughs> Two times, times for, for the birthday, birthday bitch. <laughs> Three times for the birthday, bitch. Fuck it up and miss your birthday, bitch. And this guy You're is welcome. actually having his mamba year birthday on the day the mamba appears on the last dance so like oh. what what uh what a weird world right so, wow last dance is good should we go into that yeah let's go into that let's go into yeah. that yeah so okay today will be episode five and no six five and, and six five and six okay i can't count sorry what a crazy series though like when this was all going down i was a little too young so i don't kind of remember the specifics of it but I mean, let's talk about Scottie Pippen and his contract. (laughs) What? Like, the memes were so funny. I loved it. But if you're going to watch the series, watch it with Twitter because it just makes it so much better. Yeah. I I mean, 
Scotty did end up making more in his NBA he career did. than Michael, but that he could have made so much more when just I know get, your worth, Scotty. Uh, yeah, I, I get why he did what he did, though. He was responsible for family, and, and he, he wanted, you know, injuries happen, so he wanted to make sure, hey, I at least have a steady income. And, and it wasn't until the back half of the deal where he became Scotty Pippen. Right. At, at, the, at the start of that deal, he wasn't quite yet Scotty Pippen. He, he was, was, what, like year four or something? He, yeah, he was just a guy. Seven-year deal. Holy yeah, he shit. was a role player on the team, not yet Scotty not yet the Scotty Pippen that we know. And and honestly because Scotty as we found out had kind of had kind of had a late you know uh growth into basketball where he mm-hmm. was like a uh, a team manager in an NAI school. Yeah, which is crazy. And then grew 7 inches over the summer and then talked and they were his like, way. like, "Oh wait, hold up." Yeah, <laughs> talked his way onto the team. So like it would make sense that he'd be a late bloomer come come NBA, you know, and he wouldn't really become Scottie Pippen until later on. And so, like, at the start of that deal, it makes sense, just not the amount of years he signed for that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they had, like, almost a whole episode dedicated towards Dennis Rodman, which I love Dennis Rodman. Not as much anymore, but I used to love him growing up. I just loved his, like, eccentric nature. And Talk about the leader that Michael Jordan was. To, to know. Yeah, yeah. To know exactly what was going to happen and to fly to Vegas to go get Rodman and bring him back. <laughs> yeah, man. With a hiding karma Electra somewhere in that hotel room. Right, yeah. Just craziness. Oh, my gosh. If there's anybody I want to party with in any decade... I'm, you know what? I'm picking Dennis Rodman in the 90s over Jay Gatsby in the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> yeah, Rodman was a wild man. Like, like there's so many great subplots, and you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas is still a d bag, which is, uh, which is, <laughs> yeah, which they highlight in there. Yeah, and the guy like tries to do this PR spin on him not being <laughs> so it, but he's funny. a douche, and I can go and into. And Michael calls him out. It's great. I can go into many reasons why Isaiah Thomas is a douche from what he did when Magic Johnson came out with, you know, the fact that he had HIV and what Isaiah was doing, running around the NBA going, oh, I knew he was gay. Oh, he's gay. Oh, oh this. That's why he's got it. And kind of, you know, creating that stereotype. So or we can, you know, jump into the whole like, oh, uh, I agree with what Robin said. Larry Bird's just white. He's not good. You know, they just want to pump him up. So there's a lot of debaggery around Isaiah <laughs> Thomas. You know, we could go into the sexual harassment stuff when he was in the Knicks front office. But hey, I digress. It's not like I hate Isaiah <laughs> yeah, Thomas. Clearly- <laughs> you have a little vendetta against him but, but either way I mean the series is great if you haven't caught up to it you definitely need to it's must watch television yeah gotta watch and especially tonight with it being the night where Kobe's gonna be on there I'll probably cry yeah and this is I, I hope they kind of show the whole passing of the torch from MJ to Kobe mm-hmm. just like they showed it from you know like Magic and Bird to, to Jordan because early yeah. on in the first few episodes it, it talked about how Jordan didn't have a ring yet and he wanted to be talked about in the same circles as Magic and Bird. He's like, I want to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I want to be one of those guys. And like, if that doesn't ring true from what you know, Kobe was always wanting to be in Jordan's circle. You know what I mean? It's like it's great to see those similarities. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, hopefully, it goes into that tonight. Pivoting a little, we can continue talking about greats in basketball with none other than Vince Carter. Do you want to tell your Vince Carter story real quick? Uh, how sure. You- I love Vince Carter. Okay. So I've always loved him, always followed him. Great player. You know, the whole, the way he dunks, all that fun stuff. So, best dunker of all time. Don't at me. Vince Carter is the <laughs> best dunker of all time. But if you are going to add us at I35SportsCXN. Uh, <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, so we're at a um, charity game that Dirk Nowitzki hosts every year called the Heroes Game. And, um, you know, sometimes the celebrities and the athletes will come sign like posters or other things that you have. So Vince Carter is like on his way to the locker room and as loud as I can, like I've never shrieked this loud in my life. I go, Vince Carter, I've loved you since Toronto. He literally ran all the way back, signed my poster and goes, thanks for the love, shouty. <laughs> and then like he just went back. He had a huge smile on his face and I was like, oh, I love him. Like he was out of sight. Like he was halfway in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Like he was gone. Like, I yelled very loud. <laughs> Vince Carter. <laughs> but yeah, that was a super special moment for me. So Vince, if you ever listen to this, still love you. And I hope you get your moment to shine. Yeah, and I was on a work trip uh, this year for work in New York. And uh, it was a preseason game, the Hawks versus the New York Knickerbockers. And Vince Carter went off shooting, draining threes. And the whole crowd was just erupting. And like, I was like, I have to go see him even if it's preseason because this is the last year mm-hmm. and it was really great to see him and everybody was getting into it and I'm still a little mad they didn't give him an all-star invite but yeah we'll talk about that that's later. probably messed up but uh he deserve he's a great he's a hall of famer he deserves to go out on his terms and talk out of the NBA right now is that like potentially pushing the start of next season to December to fit in the rest of the season so they are going to try to finish the season now, does that mean just playoffs or does that mean finish all the games by pushing everything back until December? Right. And if you're a casual NBA fan, NBA doesn't start for you until Christmas. Like right. Christmas is like the unofficial start of the NBA season. Right. It's where you get There's your first. There's always the Christmas day game. Yep. Yep. You get your marquee matchups. You get, you know, the rematch of the finals. Usually, you know, you, you get the big Kobe LeBron matchups, or you get the Golden State LeBron matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get the the uh, Boston Celtics LA game. You know, you get those big marquee matchups. Christmas unofficial opening day, and it might be a good move just permanently for the NBA to go into December. Yeah, I that, would be in favor of that actually. Yeah, and that way you're not you're not bumping elbows against the NFL as much. Right. You extend a little bit more. Or if into, you have season tickets to both yeah, oh my god rough. that would be so exhausting <laughs> yeah and honestly like i'd rather go up against major league baseball than nfl true you know for ratings absolutely uh, now we do need to talk about two things that are going to be very important for the nba to start up before we pivot that way though um so they did a really really good job um of interviewing vince carter um in sports illustrated it's like one of the last issues that came out um and i I thought it was really interesting so i've been reading it and basically he was saying that he didn't want to be the greatest player of all time but he wanted to play as many seasons as his favorite players so he wanted to play over 15 um you know to get to michael jordan he wanted you know, just to be longer than all those people. And he's at 22 seasons. Very cool. I didn't get the chance to read that article. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really good. Um, and then people were really confused, you know, when he went to um, Atlanta. They were like, why, why wouldn't you go chase the ring? And he was like, I just want to go chase the play. So he has a true love for the game. And I thought that that was really cool. Like, because, you know, some of these like um, championship teams were like, hey, yeah, come to us. Like, we can't promise you minutes, but you'll be here and you'll get a ring. And he was like, no, nah, I want to actually play. 
So it's and pretty cool. What a better mentor for Trey Young than yeah, you know, Vince and Carter. They did point that out in the article as well. So Trey Young was like, yeah, you know, there was times where I was doubting myself and having my locker on the road next to Vince Carter was like amazing. He's like a big brother. Should we talk about the shade that Trey Young threw at Vince Carter low key at the crossover <laughs> event that went into this year? <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, I was asking him who I thought dressed the best and he said himself, of course. And I said, okay, well, who dresses the worst? And he was like, ah, and I go, Vince Carter isn't it isn't it? he's like he's just old that's it that's it <laughs> i thought it was funny he's like he's still wearing styles from like back in the day <laughs> yeah it was super funny i loved it but you can tell there's nothing but love between the yeah, two absolutely. and so like i, I want to see vince carter you know finish out the season play well and in order to do that there's two things that the nba needs to watch and the the rest of the sports world needs to watch in may nascar is starting back up and ufc is starting back up and it's gonna be very important wasn't ufc gonna buy an island or some shit they bought it it's theirs oh it's happening they have it yeah so it's gonna be very important what happens with those two sports and how they start up into setting the tone for how do you do a sporting event with no fans. How do you, you know, how do you market it? Who the it? hell is going to watch NASCAR with no fans? I mean, if you, like, honestly, though, the the crux of it doesn't really change that much, right? Like, it's still cars on the track. Now, you don't get their loud oh, roars, so but the cars are loud enough anyway. And then UFC without fans, that's going to be a little bit weird. Yeah. But if the ratings pop, Probably though. Probably your bones actually break. Yeah. If the ratings pop, though, like if NASCAR doubles, if UFC goes up tremendously because the sports world is so devoid of sports, that just adds to the immediate owners. Yo, we got to get this product out there. We've got to finish the season because the ratings are going big. And who's to say you can't renegotiate and get a better better buy for the for this time right now yeah absolutely so if those two sports are successful in coming back and starting their seasons in may then that lets the nba know that it's okay and who gets all the heat nascar and ufc for mm-hmm. starting early you know that's what i mean true. So that's a very good PR it's gonna move. be a very important month for the nba right now now I do want to talk about one last thing before we, you know, exit the show. I don't know how many of you guys are WWE fans. Uh, I I partake in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Good. Why are we playing money, money, money? Because Money in the Bank is coming next Sunday. The pay per view for the WWE. And talk and- about a company that knows how to just you know change under the circumstances and really alter what they're doing yeah and so like I, i'm only going to talk about the main event because it's the only thing that really needs to be talked about because it's such a very such a cool concept so usually in money in the bank for those of you who don't know it's a ladder match with a briefcase which is basically a guaranteed contract for a title match whenever you want it that's why it's like having money in the bank and so for this one they're they're doing a corporate ladder or or climb the corporate ladder for your money in the bank so they're going to start both men's and women's money the bank matches on the ground floor of wwe headquarters and they're going to finish on the roof it's going to be a battle and a race to the very top of the corporate ladder like it's such a cool concept they're going to be shooting both (laughs) bless you let me shoot both matches side by side Go, you're going to have matches interfering with each other. It's going to be very interesting. I might actually watch this, and I'm not a big WWE yeah. they fan. They put a ring means. on the top of their corporate building with ladders and the briefcases, so it's going to be a very cool concept. It's already happened, so it's, it's pre-taped, so there's 
not going to be many oh, botches. It's okay. going to be very cinematically done. And so, like, if you're not a fan, oh. check this out because it's going to be one of the coolest Will things you can see. Will it be like that graveyard match or whatever? Be kind of like the graveyard okay. boneyard. But you're talking about, like, you know, six competitors on each side climbing the corporate ladder. And WWE owns their own movie studio. Yes, so they do. Good point. Should be very interesting. Yeah, so really looking forward to that next Sunday. So if you get the chance, check that out. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, if you want to interact with us, you can get us at Twitter at at I thirty five Sports CXN. I right, watch the Jordan Doc out. <laughs>